3: anthony heron on 670
1: the score ah. Silly! The better part of the next three hours, I am your voice. This is Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Let it flow. Broadcasting live from the score Hyundai Studios. Tech Zone. Text me throughout the evening. 312-644-6767. Tech Zone brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhunday.com. You can also give me a call. The score listener line. It's powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter, and Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com and we've got uh a Got a slew of outstanding guests that are lined up for you this evening. Also, we're going to talk some Chicago Bulls. We're going to do that with the great Jason Goff. We'll get into that in just a few minutes with Jay. John Crispin will be coming up with me in hour number two. He is of Sirius XM. We'll be previewing the NCAA tournament, which is it's upon us. I don't know if everybody necessarily counts the the first four that is beginning tonight. Couple games tonight, a couple games tomorrow. Uh, They were initially termed as the play-in games, and I guess that was at some point along the way deemed defensive to those who made March Madness. So they decided to start calling them the first four. But that has commenced, so that that has tipped off already. So we'll get into a a big-picture NCAA tournament discussion with my guy Crispy uh, later on. There'll be plenty of baseball to discuss as well. Talked a lot of Sox last night. We will talk some Cubs as well. We'll have Evan Altman on with us later on in the show as well to see what's happening on the north side. But plenty of newsmakers that are there on the on both sides of town, really. But the discussion around baseball in the city has become more hot and heavier because pitches and catchers have reported and we got got some storylines brewing there. Players getting signed, injuries being reported and concerns at a at a fever pitch. And that's how it should be when folks are out there in Arizona, out in the desert, getting their things done. So we'll discuss all those things throughout the course of the evening. You can participate with me, like I mentioned, at 312-644-6767. And uh, I mentioned that we're going uh, to have Jason Goff on in a few minutes to talk some bulls. And I, I got to at least take a, a quick moment myself to discuss. Well, actually, I'll, initially I'll pat myself on the back because we, we did at least in my household, we got, we got a portion of the, the taxes done earlier this evening. So that's that's a bit of a of a relief. Not completely done. You know, we got, because I, I got an, an LLC, so we got the corporate taxes done. We're going to do the individual taxes a little bit later, closer to the standard deadline. But for anybody out there, hope you filed your extension today for your, uh, your corporate taxes. Anybody out there who's got to get that done, any, any of you who are business owners, small business owners who have LLCs and things of that ilk, today's the deadline. So hopefully you, Your CPA, your tax person, however you want to, however you roll with those things, hopefully you got that part done. So we did meet the deadline, at least. Filed the extension just in case, and then we were able to reset the appointment. We made that happen. So at least that's a little bit, a little bit of a load off our plate in the Heron household. So that's nice. My my wife is always on top of that. She gets that done, makes it happy, gets all the paperwork together, stays on my case about receipts, numbers, and everything else. And we eventually were able to get everything filed. So that portion is taken care of. That portion is filed. Still going to be some other things we got to do a few weeks from now. About a month from now, actually, we'll, we'll be able to make that part happen. But at least that's done. So anybody else out there who's feeling good about uh, the, the beginning stages of, of tax season, if you've got any of that work behind you, that's a good thing. And I think there there's some, uh, some teams in town here who maybe have a, a similar mindset with some of that, who are maybe feeling like they're in a similar place where the work isn't done like I mentioned, I got my my corporate taxes done, but the individual taxes still remain. So my work isn't all the way done with that. But there is still at least a maybe a feeling of accomplishment associated with it, associated with this moment. While at the same time, you got to kind of kind of remember remember where you came from, remember who you are, remember what what made you get to the stage you're at right now. And it does feel like to me that the the bulls. I think last night's Bulls game was an example of kind of forgetting who they were. Because I don't know who the Bulls think they are, but they're not the team that can just kind of show up against against any old squad in the NBA, especially a team with the, the offensive weaponry that Sacramento brings to the table and just sleepwalk through a half of basketball and, and then just assume they can flip a switch. But that's what seemed to be the, the thought there. That's what seemed to be the mode that the Bulls were in last night is they just went out there, sleptwalked through the first half, tried to flip a switch in half number two. And then frankly, I mean, there was a point where the like the Bulls had a bunch of opportunities. They fought their way back into the game against Sacramento and and put themselves in a position in the fourth quarter to win. And they just kept missing shots. They, they just couldn't hit a thing. But the the lack of focus, the lack of effort, the lack of intensity that was there throughout the entire first half. All those things come back to bite you because you've put a, a more NBA team with, with some skill, with some offensive talent, but you put the Kings in a position where they have this enormous lead throughout the first half of the game. Then you get into half number two and you got guys out there who I wouldn't even necessarily say, you know, playing over their head, playing above their pay grade, but playing well, playing with confidence, you know, the, the dreaded momentum, has, has been just gifted to the Kings throughout much of that game last night. And a lot of it was just because the Bulls showed up kind of, I don't know, playing or not even playing, but just kind of acting like they were somebody else. Man, this is not. Wild. And, you know, I, I know I, I got Joe Cowley. He'll, he'll take all kinds of heat on Twitter for some of his Bulls tweets and whatnot. But, you know, I've seen him tweet, I'm pretty sure, multiple times, you know, in, in certain matchups early in the season where we're still waiting for the Bulls to, to defeat one of the – you know, one of the all-star sort of squads out there, one of the, you know, the teams with the superstars on them, essentially. And that's basically what Cowley has tweeted a couple of times that the when the Bulls match up with some of those teams with the, you know, a variety of Hall of Fame caliber players or the, you know, the, the guys who find themselves perennially in the MVP discussion, then Cowley has tweeted, I've seen him tweet it out at least a couple of times here where he's saying there's a difference between the superstars that certain teams have versus the all-stars. That the Bulls have. And Sacramento wasn't even a squad that had any superstars. They barely got all star level players, but they played feisty, they played hard, they played well, they got some offensive game, and we saw a number of the the same issues that tend to creep in with the Bulls were there throughout the game last night. Chief amongst those defending the pick and roll. It's a familiar refrain. It's come up so much throughout this season and kind of, you know, a couple of different things that that the Bulls continue to run into kind remind of reminds you some of the other discussions that we have around talent. Like you've, you've all heard me talking for years now about some of those similar ingredients that, that Matt Nagy couldn't really get right with the Bears and what's happening over at Soldier Field and how it's Hall. And I think at this point, you know, some of those questions with the Bulls about Vooch in the post, we at least more consistently see that happening with, with Nikola Vucevic where When he's operating the post, he obviously does that at a high level. He can certainly operate on the perimeter offensively at a a good level as well. But then on defense, defending the pick and roll and the the frequency of the drop defense, and so many of the hoops analysts and hoops insiders and folks who just pay close attention to this thing have been posing the same question over and over again throughout the year of of why the Bulls play so much of the the drop defense when depending – when defending the pick and roll and why we don't see them mix in more, more blitzing in those, in those screening situations. And I'll be curious to see what adjustments end up getting made. I mean, part of that acquisition of Tristan Thompson was supposed to maybe put them in a stronger position to, to use that as an enhancement to the defense. We haven't seen a a whole lot of that, even when Thompson's been in there too, but overall, I think as much as anything and Alex Caruso, was as guilty of it as anyone last night, just being a little more careless than we're accustomed to seeing Alex Caruso, a little more laissez faire with the way he was playing. And it just it, it seemed like you had the return of Caruso the other night at home against Cleveland. Things went really well, even though you didn't have Zach Levine in the lineup and really had the vibe last night, like this basketball team got got the impression that that they could just sort of get away with oozing through a, a half, at least a half, if not more than a half, of basketball. That's just not who they are, man. They they don't have that. Like There's guys with game on this squad, there's no doubt. DeMar DeRozan was deservedly in the MVP conversation for a good chunk of the season, was playing at that level. It's not who he's been throughout his career, but you know, we saw him playing some of, if not the best basketball of, of his career, able to carry the Bulls for stretches of the season. That being said... DeMar DeRozan, perennial all-star. I would certainly agree he's not one of the superstar players in the game. But Zach Levine, all-star caliber player. Is he a superstar? No, he hasn't shown himself as that either. In the end, who the Bulls are at their best, we did see them trying to share the ball on offense. They were missing some shots in the first half as Sacramento was doing everything they could to get the ball out of the hands of DeMar DeRozan. Other guys didn't respond but who they need to be defensively, how that ends up informing the way that they can get out and run and break and just engage their energy, man, just get themselves into attack mode. Zach Levine was talking about it after the game, that they didn't show up. just to, that He individually didn't show up attacking the game, didn't show up looking to kind of punch the opponent in the mouth, figuratively, of course. And that, not having that, especially in a game, I was talking to, to Cody Westland about this, last night and and just how important last night's game was going into it and whether or not the bulls just getting a win was enough or did it need to be a game? Should it be expected to be a game where the bulls would go out and look impressive? Should it be the type of game where in watching the bulls, they can go out there and maybe have a few style points to, to look locked in, to look engaged and to play at a really high level against an opponent that a squad who, was amongst has been amongst the best, and at times their record showed them as the best team in the Eastern Conference for a chunk of the season, then can they go out and dominate a team who just hasn't won that many games this season? And not only, Cody's point was, well, just come out with a win. You're, you're on a West Coast swing here, just come out with a win. Doesn't matter how ugly it is. Not only did the Bulls not win the game, but they were getting beasted in the first half. They, they can't have that. They cannot forget who they are. It's got to be a little more of that Tom Thibodeau kind of vibe when the Bulls are taking the court. You didn't see that last night. It's been it's been rare. We haven't necessarily seen that come up much this season. Now, we've seen bad defense, but we haven't necessarily seen the, the Bulls look disengaged for long stretches of the game. If it happens early, Billy Donovan takes that early timeout, comes to the sideline, gets everybody locked in, they come out there, and there's another tempo that usually gets hit. None of that. Was happening. None of that was working last night. They they can't forget who they are, man. Because if when they're as locked in and engaged at their peak, that's when the Bulls have an opportunity to advance in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They, they can't just show up trying to stroll through games. They just they, they don't have that, especially as depleted as this lineup is right now. So hopefully it's a little lesson for them to learn from last night, and I would imagine the next couple games here as they finish up the West Coast swing. That they'll look like a more locked-in squad. Looking forward to getting thoughts my guy, Jason Goff. We'll take a time out, come back, talk to the man himself from NBC Sports Chicago and The Ringer. We'll do that next year on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So
2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: And this ball game is over. The Sacramento Kings beat the Bulls here in Northern California, 112. To
4: 103.
2: I actually thought Zach did a really good job of facilitating. He was generating shots from getting off the ball and finding the open man. You know, I, one of the things that we've talked a lot about, you know, is him making quick decisions. I thought he did that. You know, whether it was your point, taking a jumper or attacking, you know, either one of them, you know, he's an elite three-point shooter. You know, certainly we needed probably in that second half with the way it was going for us offensively. Cause you know, we, I think in the Cleveland game, we didn't take very many threes. Right. I think over half our shots were non-paint twos. And in this game, we had a good number of threes because they were collapsing on DeMar and on Zach. So I think when we did get downhill, we were spraying it out. And I think that maybe is what changed his mentality in that second half because, you know, okay, we're not shooting a crate. Let's try to get something in the basket.
1: Bulls coach, Billy Donovan. Talking about Zach Levine as they just try to figure a few things out. The Zach Levine... Puzzle, I think, is going to continue to be a a moving target on each end of the court, really, as they kind of just figure out how to move forward with this knee. And a lot of it, they'll, of course, have to take the lead from Zach on, on how that's going to function and what he's comfortable with, how they kind of work that usage rate. But as that target moves, everybody's going to be watching it really closely. And as they watch, they will be watching and listening to my guest on the hotline right now. That hotline presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You can find him on Twitter at jason one Golf. He is the aforementioned Jason Golf, host of Chicago Bulls pre and post on NBC Sports Chicago and the full go podcast on The Ringer. Jason, how you doing this evening, sir?
3: Boy, you are a polished, Professional broadcaster, my man. I swear to God. I looked around. I was like, who is he bringing out right now? Like, my Lord. Hey, bro. Can you just put your hands together and show your love? So I, not, I just I was, went that route. like there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking around, like man, he must be introducing somebody. I stop this piece. What's up, man?
1: How you feeling, <laughs> good, man. I'm good. So I'm, I'm curious about one thing before we get into the hoops convo because I, I'm shocked that Adam Amin didn't bring this up because I saw when you and Kendall were, were back at the UC the other night for the Cleveland game. Like, it was good to see uh-huh. you guys in the house. You were there on site. Yeah. And Adam, you know, rightfully so, called out Kendall for uh, for the <laughs> chesticles being out. I, I must admit though, like you, you got away a couple of shows. You got away from the turtleneck look and you had yeah. the, the onion meat That's out right. there for for a couple of shows. I'm wondering how did Kendall like take his cues from you or was he jealous? Like why why did he go that route?
3: Oh, no, man, man. let me tell you something right now. When it comes to uh, body composition, uh, one thing Kendall Gill does not have to worry about or be jealous of is mine versus his. No, man, just, you know, I I try to make it as relaxed a feel as possible, and then sometimes I forget that, all right, you got to throw on a tire, you got to do something like that. Like, I'm walking around the crib waiting to go to work, and then sometimes I'll just walk out or sometimes I'll put something else extra on, but no, nah, it was, it's not a competition. Trust me on that. Cause if it is, then I, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit more time to prepare for it because, uh, yeah, Kendall is Kendall, Kendall eats and, and sleeps well. And, you know, he works out all the time. He's got a young son well, a couple of young sons who drive mm-hmm. crazy with a good way. I'm, I'm, I'm a nervous, nervous dude right now. So I, I can't even vibe with the uh, the Kendall Gill-Jason Goff competition versus the chess. But thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate now, I, you. I'm glad I, you noticed. I tuned in. Yes, I, I definitely noticed
1: because I was I was going to screen capture it and send it to you and give you a hard time when you had the, the full-on kind of V-neck working, and, and I just didn't get around to it. And then I saw Kendall and Adam call him out for him. I'm like, well, wait a minute, man. Golf was doing yeah. that last
3: week. So, well, you know, they- me and Adam are actually uh, friends, right? Like Kendall and <laughs> And will are mercenaries because just like yourselves, your ex-athletes, you guys really only care about yourselves. Uh, you do it in the guise of this whole team thing, but in the end, it's only to feed your egos. So those dudes snipe at each other, whereas Adam and I understand, you know, where we are in terms of our ego and, and self-esteem, right? So we, we we lift each other up instead of being relentless jerks like you and the former athletes that I work with.
1: You lift each other up. That, that must be a good feeling. Uh Jason Goff here with me on the score. Uh I, I must say I did I tuned in late. I, I wanna get into some who's conversation. But what, what was All actually right. going on with the with the whole with with the sticks? What was going on with the Madden thing? Did you guys have a oh, Madden man. tournament hey, on listen, the show? Listen.
3: Oh no, no, no. So so you know me. Uh you know, I'm 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 changing, like I'm playing nice with the with the people I work with
0: and mm-hmm.
3: You know, in my old age, I'm trying to be a little bit more diplomatic in the way I go about life. Right, so mm-hmm. these dudes at the uh, at NBC Sports Chicago have a Madden League, and the first season. I, I was on this job. I wasn't in it. I wasn't prepared to be competitive with anybody that I worked with. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, let me get, let me get. Relationship really needs to period. be a certain status yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Before I show them the real me, you know, like I'm like usually around this time, the showing them the real me part I usually finds myself with another employer. So let me chill, right? And then. Season two, I felt a little bit better about it. This season, I actually got into it with him, and I realized I don't play as much as the other dudes in this league. And I got to be honest with you, we, we talking. We, we could we converse on this. Right. Half the time I'm playing these dudes, uh, it is in a more relaxed state of mind. Okay, these cats I got you. I got you. Playbooks, practicing <laughs> routes, um like actually there's a practice element to Madden that I didn't know about that you can actually like go out there and scrimmage like these dudes are doing this. And I'm like, where do you have the time in the day? Like and I'm talking about executives. You feel me? So it's like <laughs> so so yeah, I get I get my ass handed to me one time, two times, three times, every you know, every every month or so I get beat up real good by these cats and I didn't know it was going to make it to the show but we got a you know we got a free for all of the show so they went and purchased a cameo from Kendall Gill and Kendall, if you like, if you are ever around the NBC Sports Chicago studios, you will see Kendall talking into his phone like two or three times a game because there are mad Illini alum who can't wait for Kendall Gill to wish them like a happy colonoscopy or something. You know what I'm mean? like, you, know, you know what I mean? So, so,
1: or, or a happy Chinooka, if, if they want to go. Yeah, you, know, you, you, already, you already know the vibe,
3: right? They like, got Kendall wishing people happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy everything, right? <laughs> And I'm, I see him doing it throughout the day when we're just sitting next to each other watching basketball. So I didn't know that when we were headed to the United Center the other night, they bought a cameo from Kendall. And to make it even worse, Kendall didn't know he was talking to me. <laughs> Like he, he thought it was just some random cat named Jason who was in a bad league with people from work, which I talked to him about all the time. But Kendall didn't put it together that he was making a. So he made like a heartfelt, sincere cameo to me, and I'm sitting there like, y'all are really one, y'all are idiots. Two, you know, now it's on because now I'm playing Madden every day just so I can beat y'all ass. Like it was it was a whole thing, but that's what the show has become and I, I appreciate it.
1: And that's what makes the show so great, man, because of the vibe that you guys have in the studio. Obviously, like what what happens on TNT with Ernie and, and Charles and Shaq and Kenny, like that's kind of become sort of the gold standard. People all over the industry. Look for that, claim internally they want that. it's not easy to achieve unless you truly enjoy the company of the folks you're yeah. on camera with. And it's really obvious that you guys do. So that part is is fun to see, even when things don't go well for the Bulls like they weren't yeah, the last night.
3: Yeah. That was uh that was one of the and we were having some some issues with the sound, so we were on alert like, yo, know, y'all might have to call this first, you know, however many minutes of this game until we get the sounds squared away luckily for us we got the best team in this and I don't say this just because I'm working with these people but like Tamara and Mark Brady and Russ Leonard and everybody in the truck I mean we got a squad that you have no idea how many things are chaotic on the road and it's handled and they did a great job got everything up and going we're ready to watch Kings Bulls First game of this little three-game roadie. You're going to have Utah and Phoenix after it, so you need it. And, boy, that was the most disappointing half of basketball, I think, this season because of what had happened prior, right? You beat mm-hmm. Cleveland. You, you know, Boston loses. Philly loses for you. Like you had a chance to be in third place. You mess around after that game and then going up against Donovan Mitchell, who's a pick-and-roll maestro, and then Phoenix, who – for some damn reason, Anthony Davis had to get their attention, so they back on, you know, they back on the charge. Like you, you, you mess around and, and don't handle this thing the right way. This what seven of the next eight games on the road, you you'll be looking at the sixth spot if you're not careful. So yeah, that was a disappointing loss last night, and even more disappointing is how they played in the second half. They came out and put their foot in in the second half, and it's like the reemphasis that's needed. I mean, you know, anytime there's a down moment or a down game, like you should already be at that 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 tenor, right? You should already be at that fever pitch. You got fourteen games left. Every game in the Eastern Conference matters. And you've got the second toughest schedule post All Star break. So you already knew what was coming. So so at this point, the questions of, you know, the injuries and adding new players back to, well, old players back to new rotations. It's just the bulls are going through a lot of little different things right now and it's resulting in the play that we had we didn't see the first month and a half of the season that got us to you know recalibrate some of those expectations jason
1: goff with me here on the circuit resort and casino in las vegas hotline home of the world's largest sports book you can find jason on twitter At Jason Wongoff, he, of course, of NBC Sports, Chicago Bulls pre and post, Bulls halftime as well, and also the Full Go podcast on The Ringer. And you you referenced something, Jay, that that I find really intriguing with this squad because throughout the season, even when things haven't gone well and all the the machinations with the lineup and everything else, Mm -hmm. I I, I don't feel like we've seen extended periods of time where they just look disengaged like they did throughout that first half last night. I'm not sure what to credit it to. I mean, like Caruso's back, so they just thought it was all gravy or what? I don't I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, understand yeah. how you go into that game and take it as lightly as they seem to.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you hope it's chalked up to like one of 82, and if it would have happened the first month of the season, you'd be like, all right, you got to snap into it. But since it's happening right now, you, there's a little bit more weight to it. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have relied on Zach and DeMar so much so that – One, the league is kind of counterpunching some of the things that DeMar does. And then on the other hand, physically, you know, Zach and his knee issue and him trying to play through it and and show that grit and that leadership, all those things, I mean, there's a lot happening right now where, um, you know, this this team doesn't know it's out of any game. And we've seen that throughout the year and the next man up mentality with, you know, there's times where Tyler Cook was important for this team, right? Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr. And of course, more importantly, and and Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. It's just so many different things have happened to to get to this point where it'd be, I think it'd be a lot cleaner for Bulls fans if it was like, okay, best player on the team got hurt. So that's why nobody can play any defense. No, that's not it. Right, you still had DeMar DeRozan covering up a lot of things with those game winners and that crazy what 35 plus point per game streak while shooting over 50%. Like a lot of little things were covered up. So now that you're getting. Uh, close to hole and then still you know, having some of these kinds of performances at the end of the season while other teams are ramping up. I think the atmosphere is changing too for a lot of, a lot of Bulls fans. See? My dogs are upset that the Bulls are going through what they're going through. But the <laughs> atmosphere is changing too because the Celtics are out here looking a lot better, yeah. right? And the Cavs are you know, fighting through it with the Jared Allen injury, but they, they look like a team that's going to mess around and take somebody to six games. And then you got Brooklyn and Philly and Milwaukee. So Bulls fans were riding high first couple months of the season, and now when you felt like, all right, this is the time where I should be riding the highest, the most questions are presenting themselves. So, I, I understand. If you watched that game last night and say, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> but this is the same squad that'll go out on Wednesday and play Utah to, you know, a, a, a knockdown drag out, and then you're sitting there saying to yourself, okay, is there something there? They just got to perform better against really, really good teams, and then last night those can't happen for the rest of the way
1: do you think the the seeding and avoiding the play in basically getting a home game for the first round and not being in the play in is that kind of the main goal does it even matter to getting that you know the number 1 seed seems like that's that's out of the realm of possibility almost at this point but does it matter how high or is the threshold really of concern let's get a home a home first round playoff series
3: well i mean you want to avoid, you know, uh, Milwaukee and, and Philly and, and Brooklyn as much as you possibly can. And not on some, you can't match up with them, but why play them earlier if you don't have to, right? Mm. Right? I, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I, was, I was on the stage down the dial, uh, and I, I was like, yeah, you know, the Celtics. I, I think you got two scores, and then the rest of the people who play defense, I think that would be an easier matchup for the Bulls going into the playoffs, and then all of a sudden Jason Tatum has his Kobe dream, you know, realized and, and, and starts dropping 50 damn points damn near every game last week. So, you know, things changed a little bit. The Cleveland Cavaliers aren't the same without Jared Allen, but I still worry about their, their size and, their, you know, the, some of the, the veteran stuff that they got coming off the bench too. So, you know, if, if the matchup matters more now than it ever did before, and with this Bulls team, I think you want to stay away from obviously Philly because Joel and B, for whatever reason, sees the Bulls jersey and goes crazy. And <laughs> defensively, you know it's, that's just a it's just a tough cover for what what the Bulls got going on. So you stay away from those squads. Right now, Cleveland, uh, you know the Boston Celtics. I still think the Bulls can beat the Celtics. I know the Celtics are. Hottest fish grease right now, but I think the I think the Bulls could beat the Celtics in a seven game series, and then you start talking about that upper echelon, at that next tier. I got to see the Bulls play a little bit better defense, and I got to see Lonzo Ball headed into the playoffs with a little bit of uh, you know strength under that under that knee before I can say that they're ready to battle with those teams in a seven game series yet.
1: Get your thoughts on the White Sox real quick, man. I mean, the off season was what it was. We've come out of the lockout. Baseball is back, and the excitement on the south side is is a uh, is noteworthy, is rightful, is deserved. Well, at the same time, they you know, a lot of folks are kind of concerned about the acquisitions or maybe lack thereof at certain spots. How how are you feeling yeah. just about the current construct of the roster?
3: Yeah, I know everybody's you know worried about second base and worried about uh, right field. I mean, the strengths obviously offensively. Uh, you know, if, if Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez don't miss, you know, a combined 90 games, like what are we talking about, right? Like there's still some things uh, on the starting side. You lose Carlos Carlos Rodon, that's a big deal, right? That's that's a guy who seemingly at, at the end when he was hurt, uh, he, he was himself. But when he was healthy last year in a free agent year, he was, you know, top five in the game in terms of stuff. Uh, that, he's a giant now. So, Dylan Cease, it's your turn to grow up, real real deal grow up. Lucas Giolito, stay the same. Lance Lynn, I mean, you know, can you keep piping in four different fastballs for the next couple of years? Like, I think I think what they've done in the bullpen with Kelly and Velasquez, obviously Hendricks and whatever is going to happen with Craig Kimball, I think they're shortening the game enough. Maybe they need to go out and get one more starter, figure out what's going on with Michael Kopech. Hopefully, he'll um, you know, reach his uh, starter potential this year. But it, I, this is this is a team that I think is one of the two or three best teams in the American League, and that's all we've been talking about for the last two, three, four years, right? So if you've got an MVP type of talent and Luis Robert it just needs the repetition and needs to stay healthy, you got a slugger in Eloy Jimenez, you got Jose Abreu. I mean, this team, this team offensively, I think, regular season-wise, it'll get carried when we get to the playoffs and start talking about that, then some of those holes I think might be exploited a little bit more. But, you know, baseball playoffs are a crapshoot. You just got to get there and figure figure it out.
1: When's the last time you fell out of bracket?
3: Oh, my God. Uh, when's the last time we hosted together? <laughs> 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 like, for real. I think so it's been be a couple it. years? My, yeah, my life, God, my life has been a lot easier not having I do the, uh, the forced thing. <laughs> like, get up at 5 a.m. and
1: act like you care uh, about stuff. No, 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 no.
3: I did care. <laughs> listen, let me tell you right now. You know, I, I, me and you bonded over Brad Davis' Wisconsin career before did anybody we? did. did yes, we? we did. Yeah. You remember the stories we told. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 no, nah, man. I, listen, I've, I've never felt this disjointed from college basketball in my life. So I can't wait to watch this tournament and feel like all these other... Like, (laughs) I am officially the administrative assistant who fills out the bracket and wins it. Because I ain't watched a damn bounce of a, a college basketball this year. Like, maybe you know, a couple of games, a couple of Duke games, you know, see if I still hate them or not, that right. kind of thing. But, yeah, man, yeah, I saw Juwan swinging we a Michigan
1: game here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah uh-huh. you know, that's
3: about it. You know, the Wisconsin. So I'm caressing Wisconsin, that man's activity. cheek, yep. Hey, you boy. Hey, the University of Wisconsin showed out on my Twitter feed, boy. They was how dare you? This is so low class. You are racist. I'm like, oh, it feels like old times. I'm getting showered in the love, boy. I missed it. i mean, you know doing a podcast. You don't you don't get the the, the interaction, that I, feedback. I, oh my god, I can hear the Midwest slang on being called a racist just because I thought a man getting smacked might not be. The, you know, World War Three out here, but He tugged woo. his ear. as <laughs> hey, you better hey Anthony, you better not. You got a long hey, show. Hey, I, mean, man. He show. thought
1: about doing something, and then he decided not to.
3: Hey, it was don't, event- don't, don't let me be the cousin that visits and then gets to go back home and get you in trouble with your career now. Don't do that. I, I was that. on
1: that the very next night. I was on this <laughs> station. Man, He thought about doing something, and he made a wise decision. That fist was clinched at is,
3: first. Why are you in the face of somebody else's player? Like he told, He's gone into so many moms and dads living. Rooms and say, hey, I'm going to protect your son. If anything goes wrong, you can trust him with me. And then all of a sudden, some dude who is doing the discount double-check celebration for some reason after he gets slapped is screaming and spitting in the face of my son, and you didn't slap him? Oh, yeah, we transferring, baby. Get Coach Izzo on the line. Cut it out, man. Boy, I'm going to get in so much trouble, but the best part about it, it don't matter. Oh, that's, hey,
1: like you said, man, God is good and so is money, right? Make sure you check out Jason Goff on, on the Full Go podcast, on The Ringer. You see him all the time on Bulls Pre and Post on NBC Sports in Chicago. Oh, you no, people love that. to you hang out <laughs> I appreciate you, Jay.
3: Hey, man, anytime, brother, you already know. All right,
1: man. Later. That is the great Jason Goff with me on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy to score. I was talking about it that next night, man. He he thought about the fence. The fist was clenched initially. Then, as he extended the arm, the hand opened up. It was it was almost like an olive branch. It was a sign of peace. Then he gently caressed the man's cheek, even tugged his ear a little bit. Then, when he brought it back, he clenched it up again. You know, there there was a thought process there that went into that moment. It it happened in a millisecond, just the blink of an eye but he thought better of it. A wise decision was made by Juwan Howard. Uh, I I will. One of the things I was talking to Jason about there, though, and I I mentioned it in the first segment, just the Bulls kind of, I don't know, basically kind of feeling themselves a little bit, a little bit too much, very casual, throughout the first half of that game. It did have me thinking a little bit about a, a moment in my in my professional sports career where I was probably not probably I was definitely a little bit too casual with things, and it almost ended my career well before it started. When was the time where you out there were maybe a little bit too cash with how you were getting down, a, a moment where you were feeling yourself a little bit too much, love for you to share a story with me 312-644-6767. I will recount one of those moments where i I got a little bit. A little bit ahead of myself when I was still playing in the National Football League. We'll do that next on the score.
3: I got to do a better job with just my mentality. You know, I'm going out there and I'm playing through some pain in my knee injury, but I got to have the right mindset. I can't tiptoe into the game. And my first game back, I could put excuses out there, but I put that on myself where I made a mental decision in the second half to, you know, go out there and play like me. And I got to start off that way. You know, we we didn't start off the right way. We, We got punched in the mouth. We got to start punching these teams in the mouth. Comparison, one through 15, second half was black and white so I think that starts you know starts at the top and trickles down and you know we can't take to be down by 20 for us to play like you know we're supposed to
1: voice Bulls star Zach Levine talking exactly about what we've been discussing throughout the show here the mentality the Chicago Bulls took the court with last night just didn't match up with the team who's really looking to go out there and dominate a lesser opponent those are the types of games the Bulls cannot allow to slip away like Jason Goff talked about there, he, Will Purdue Kendall Gill, they talked about it on NBC Sports Chicago as well. Probably worst half of basketball that first half last night against Sacramento that the Bulls have played throughout this season. And I think part of that is also the factor of of who the opponent is and, and how much that game, And when you look at the record the Bulls have had against the better teams in the NBA, they can't allow games against the Kings. They can't allow games against the 25-win squad to get away from them and they did last night, and it, you know it It continues some slippage that we've seen coming out of the All-Star break here. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767, the number to get involved in this discussion. We do have a caller on the line right now. we got John, who is down in Dallas, wanting to talk about the Chicago Bulls. John, what's happening?
4: Hey, how you doing?
1: I'm doing outstanding. I'm,
4: uh, I, I think the The Chicago Bulls. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Got you. Hey, yeah. I think the Chicago Bulls need to up the tempo. I think they need to push the ball more and give and 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 you like when we playing football. Sometimes they go into two minute offense throughout the game. Sometimes be unpredictable. The Bulls need to push more because they got the speed with the with the point guard they got playing right now, and then when Kobe White in. Them two fast guards. If you push the tempo more, that'll allow the um, um, Rosen. Well, them not to double team them so fast. If you don't allow them to get into their defense, same way on, in football, push the tempo more, let the Rosen get down, give them the ball quicker, and let them get in their offense. You know, don't be so predictable. And I think the last thing, it it was inexcusable, and it's inexcusable this time of the year for the Bulls to come out the way they did. Where's the team leadership? That's that should have never happened, and it should not happen again. The rest of the games, I'll hang up and hear what you got to say.
1: Yeah, I definitely like your point, John. One of the things that ends up happening because of the because the Bulls at different times, and part of that has been, of course, when Lonzo Ball has actually been in the lineup for them, when they've been able to press the tempo with a lot more frequency than we've seen at other points since Lonzo Ball's been out, but. Iodisumo, who you were referencing there, that's the, the young guard you were talking about, I'm pretty sure. When Io in the lineup, he's been one of these guys who has at least been able to push the tempo a little bit, but he's certainly not Lonzo Ball, especially with the, the quick advancement of it. Now, Alex Caruso, the game against Cleveland a couple of nights ago at home, he was really effective in pressing the tempo. Part of that, though, was because the Bulls were creating offense off takeaways. They were getting turnovers by the Cavs. That was turning into fast-break opportunities. Caruso showed had a lot of really good highlights throughout that game against the Cavs, getting the, the fast-break started because of him being able to create steals, and that turned into tempo. That turned into pace. The half-court offense, though, is really where DeMar DeRozan thrives more in that environment, but one of the things that happens though now that we've seen it's one of the things that that golf was talking about a moment ago we've seen more teams as they've game planned for the bulls and it's specifically especially game planning for the bulls with what's right now diminished zach levine what also has just overall offensive output that's struggling a little bit not as much from kobe white here as of late i would assume who didn't shoot it well last night so who are you getting offense from if it's not DeMar DeRozan, that's what opponents are testing right now. They're blitzing DeRozan. They're trying to get the ball out of his hands. Other people have to respond. And if DeRozan can find a way to create some tempo, to get into his shot quicker or to initiate offense a little more quickly when he's got it, then it does seem like that's something that's certainly worth a try. And we would see how, how consistently it would end up working out. But the Bulls at a slower pace have been a more ineffective it's just it's been more difficult for them to generate quality offense. It's been a lot about DeRozan, Levine hitting very difficult and contested shots. It's difficult to to sustain that at the level they were sustaining it for so long. Uh we'll transition now. As we get into the second hour I'm with you here tonight. We'll talk some college hoops. The first four has begun we got a game that's ensuing right now but i want to get my guy john crispin on the line and talk about the college basketball the men's basketball tournament which will be in its full glory this coming weekend one of my partners from sirius xm we'll do that next hour number two get into some some additional hoops discussion but more of a collegiate variety and i do want to hear from you later on in the show as well one of these moments where you're feeling yourself a little bit too much, like the Bulls kind of casually went into that game last night. I've got a story I want to share with you guys, but we'll talk some college hoops first, and then we'll get into that and we'll open up some phone lines and we have that discussion. Do that as we continue here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day.